got my wisdom shirt on. I want to thank all of you for your, for a number of things, uh, for your prayers for me during this season, and it is, it's such a, an amazing blessing to be here this morning. It's been a month since I've been here, and that's, that's, uh, that's hard to imagine, but um, I want to thank uh, Pastor Fabian for speaking for me the past few weeks. I want to thank Monica for stepping in in so many ways to, in our uh, internet outreaches, and it's been really powerful. Um, and I, I really want to thank all of you for, for standing in the gap and doing what you need to be doing uh, in, in uh, regard to the ministry that God has given us. And so, um, anyway, let's, uh, let's look at the scriptures. And what God directed me toward today is found in Luke chapter 5. Uh, while you're turning there, I want to make an announcement about next Sunday morning. Monica spoke about uh, the Zoom Connects this coming week, but they don't end on Saturday. This coming Sunday morning, one week from today, we will um, have Sunday school as we normally do. Dennis is going to be speaking. And then at 10 o'clock, not 10.15, not 10.30, at 10 o'clock, we're going to be um, having a, a time of prayer and prophetic worship um, uh, on, on behalf of the state of California. And at 11 o'clock, we'll be connecting with um, the new church of the Elishas out there, including some of the young people from Europe. And uh, we'll be speaking into not only their ministry, but what, um, what that state is representing right now in the spirit realm. And I'm sure all of you have been watching what's been going on on the West Coast. And so... Um, we need, to, we need to be sensitive to the Lord to address that, but also these ones that have been planted there. The, at the end of that time, we hope to also, for those who are going to be connecting, a lot of the churches are going to be connecting, we'll connect at Zoom at 11, um, and a lot of the churches and outposts are going to be connecting. And uh, at that point, when we finish with California, we'll also have them speak into this terio. And we save that for last, as any good host would. You know, you, you serve others, and then you open yourself to whatever the Lord would say through them. And so, please note that. And again, I know you're probably tired of getting all these emails of, of many different uh, announcements. But later in the, we'll be announcing it during the week, but later in the week, I'll send something out to remind you of that. So... Um, the Lord is good, okay? Everybody understand that? Oh, I know you understand that the Lord is good. I do want to thank the Lord for, for um, being with me every step of the way um, during these past few weeks. And um, it's really been a time of introspection, as I'm sure it has been for you, um, in, in your spiritual walk, we, um, we have truly entered into a new phase. 
and I was listening. Um, it, I was just a little late coming in because we were on tape delay when I listened on this. And I was trying to be very good, um, but I did hear everything that went on, and I appreciated the words about the new beginning. I appreciated the words about um, being akin to what God initially started in us in Brownsville. And I appreciated the word about the, uh, the new wine and the new wineskin because that's what we're going to be talking about here. And so um, let's see. Scott, do you, have, do you have that up there? Yeah. Okay, let's read this. They said unto him, Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers? And likewise the disciples of the Pharisees, but thine eat and drink. He said unto them, can you make the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and they, then shall they fast in those days. He spoke unto them also a parable. No man puts a piece of new garment upon an old. If otherwise, then both the new maketh a rent, and the piece that was taken out of the new agreeeth not with the old. No man puts new wine into old bottles, else the new wine will burst the bottles and be spilled, and the bottles shall perish. But new wine must be put into new bottles, and both are preserved. No man also, having drunk old wine, straightway desires new, for he says the old is better. We have lived this. We have absolutely lived this in so many ways. And um, I remember when we were first called to the Lord to explore what he wanted to do in us many, many years ago. And that summer leading up to the way God touched us in the fall, we did a lot of fasting. I'm not saying that we really understood fuller understandings of what uh, fasting was, but the congregation as a whole fasted. We knew, and I was fasting. Um, we knew that God wanted us to, to submit to him. And we did that as a congregation. It wasn't me and a couple of other goofballs sitting under a tree and we got this plan and came in and sprung it on everybody. That was not, those of you who are here remember that. This was a congregation-wide effort to seek the Lord for something new. And God answered and um, we're at a, a season of that again. God's been warning us that we are transitioning. He said he was going to do things uh, akin to what he did at the very beginning, but it was going to be totally new. And that's where we are. So I've been fasting. A number of you have been fasting. This week during seminar, we're going to ask, uh, I'm going to speak on fasting on Wednesday night, and we're calling the... Um, the participants in our seminar to do a fast from sundown to sunup because there have been so many words about light, us being light in the darkness. And um, that uh, the first Saturday word that was just put out last night speaks of that in, in so many different ways. And so we are going to be praying, but we're also going to be fasting. And of course, if there's some other things that you'd like to do in your fast, you don't need to seek approval from me. I'm just giving the word God gave for the body. But you can do whatever God asks you to do. So one of the things that we saw many years ago 
was that in the two times in Luke and in Matthew when Jesus spoke about new wineskins and when Jesus spoke about new garments, he brought the topic of fasting in conjunction with that. And so anytime God is wanting to do something new on a, an amazing scale, he wants you to be fasting so that you will be ready. You don't fast so that you can convince God to do what he said he was going to do. You're not trying to impress him. You're not trying to say, okay, God, you know, I'm taking seriously. I'm going to fast so you come through with the goods you promised. Fasting, as we've studied um, and written about, is more about you than it is anything else. It's, it's developing your meekness. It's developing your willingness. You are really cleansing the vessel and you are showing yourself to be willing to follow him, to say yes, but you are also willing to let God change you in whatever way he needs to, commensurate with what he's expecting you to do in the future. And so um, that's what we did, and that's what we're doing now. But I wanted to talk with you about specific things that Jesus says here. He says that garments and new wine are, are what he wants us to concentrate on in the fast. And um, garments would, would indicate our calling. It would indicate the promotion, if God's giving that. It would indicate whatever it is that God is, um, is wanting to do in and through you. The, the wine is what God is producing in this season. Now, the garment is kainos new, which means what God's doing in this kairos moment, he is working with you to perfect. The new wine is neos, which means it's something that God is doing that is a fruitfulness, and it's, it's a production of, of his direction based upon the fruitfulness of what he's growing. But I want you to see with me today that um, regarding the garment, it says nobody puts a kainos garment upon an old. Old there is paleos, which means something of antiquity, something that is treasured, we studied at the last seminar about us, Jesus saying, that we're to be scribes of the kingdom of heaven and that we need to be expert in the kainos and in the paleos. So those two things are not mutually exclusive. They work together. But you don't put a kainos patch on an old garment. Now, because the kainos will rip the old garment. Now, I want to assure everybody that we did not try to do that the many, many years ago, 1996. As I said, this whole body embraced the desire to call upon God for change. So it was something that God required. It was something that God said, I'm going to do this. Come on, let's go. It was only in the ensuing years that some folks said, well, you know what? I like the old garment. I don't know who this young whippersnapper is that 
has been here for uh, 16 years and has pastored for 10, but he doesn't know what he's doing. We want the old garment. And so it wasn't that we sprung something on people and tried to stitch a newfangled thing and that ripped the place apart. Now, I'm not going to go too far with this, but I wanted to clarify that what God did in us was done decently and in order. Now, we don't have that problem today because all of you are ready to move. All of you are ready to, to go with the Lord. You're saying yes. And I've seen you do that. I've watched as God has developed you. And I've watched as you stood through many different challenges, but yet you remain faithful. And what, what we see here is that the, the new garment that God is wanting to give to us is a promotion. It is um, it's innovation. It's creativity in this year of wisdom. And haven't we seen us be required to be creative and inventive. The spirit of wisdom that gave Bezalel that measure of astute capacities is flowing through this house. Even this week, um, the things that God has asked us to do, out of necessity, but isn't that the mother of invention, is pressing us to develop new things. And those things will be expanded upon as we do them faithfully. So. I'm very grateful for the Lord doing this, but even over the past few weeks, while I have been battling things that um, are, they're, they're, it's, it's been doing a work in me. I don't know how many ways God has met with me and talked to me about the enemy's desire to stop us and but, but yet, without focusing on the enemy, God would talk about what he's trying to do in me. And this is a personal thing, but I recognize it's not just me, it's what I represent here. And so, those things that God has been doing, and especially at this time frame, I've not had to battle denominations. I've not had to battle people that I've known and loved who really didn't like what God was trying to do. Not had to battle that, but this has been a very different kind of battle. And I felt I felt that the, the strong and overwhelming presence of God, but I've also felt the enemy. It's a table in the presence of our enemy. Every day I've been quoting Psalm 23. And I know that's really where God has us. And so I'm grateful for what God's doing, but I also know that. This kainos time is something that God is developing all of us to keep moving forward in him. And the fast has prepared that. So if you're being changed and if you're being equipped and if you're being uh, divinely promoted, it's going to be for a purpose. And that purpose is to bring about the new wine. The purpose is to go into the harvest field and to harvest the fruit and to bring forth the new wine. And here Jesus talks about nobody puts new wine in old paleos bottles, else the new wine will burst the bottles and be spilled, and the bottles shall perish. But new wine must be put into new bottles, and both are preserved. This word preserved is a very interesting word. It's sinterio. 
and it, it's, um, it's used both here and in Matthew, uh, Matthew's account of this story, but it's also used of uh, Mary when she heard the words of the angel and she was participating with God and she kept those things in her heart. The fourth time it's used of Herod showing his management of his kingdom uh, in regard to John the Baptist. But for all of us in our terios, we need to recognize that your terio is supposed to be producing fruit, and from that fruit, God is going to be bringing about the measures of, um, of new wine. And so he's also perfecting those wineskins. He's giving a new wineskin to you. He's giving and developing new, new uh, wineskins for the harvest and the production that he is laying before us. And it's our responsibility to preserve that. How do you preserve your terio? And we've taught about this ad infinitum. We've written about this. Uh, the first thing we need to know is that the cross of Jesus Christ has given you authority in your terio. That's the next thing we need to remember is that the terio, the Lord promised to be standing with us in it. It's your territory. It's your terrain, divinely ordained by God. And so we have a responsibility to manage that, centerio, to preserve it. And just as Mary did, we need to reflect on what God is doing. And as God transitions, it's very important for us to keep a keen eye on what God said and what he's doing, because we can easily forget one of the greatest advantages you have in resisting the enemy as you stand in your parets is to hold fast to what God has promised and not remember. Isn't that what Paul said to Timothy when he said, you need to wage a warfare on behalf of the prophecies that have gone on before you? Sometimes when the enemy comes against us and we wonder why, you know, what, what is this? It's, it's unclear. The one thing that is not unclear is that God has given his promises. And so you need to, like Mary, reflect on the things that God has done in you, give him thanks, and to remember those things. So to preserve is a, is a wonderful thing, recognizing that it's in the terio. The beautiful thing about sin terio is that it means that you can coordinate things that God has done and you can process that. We also have the blessing of being linked together with um, saints around this nation, throughout this continent, and throughout the world. Part of the centario is for us to align together before the throne with the, the mutual and similar works that God is doing in them. Which is why I think that the creativity of God has put together this unusual connection this week. We're going to be stepping into the terios of these people and these churches and these prayer groups and these individuals. And we're going to be sowing into them the words that God gives, words of encouragement, words of direction. And that is a centerio function. So you need to remember in your own self, we need to remember for this house but we need to remember for our network affiliations that God has birthed and, and borne out. And so I love this. 
And um, it says that new wine must be put in new bottles, those wineskins. And um, I think God is using the fasting to prepare that. And I love this 39th verse. No man also having drunk old wine, paleos, straightway. That's a good old English-British word. Uh, straightway desires new, for he says the old is better. Now, as we've traveled in, um, in Europe particularly, we've recognized a couple of things. One is that the societies over there and the economy over there is greatly based in, in several, many, several important ways on the production of wine. And if you, we've visited vineyards there, some of the most famous in the world in Bordeaux and in other places, and we recognize that, that uh, people buy wine to drink, but they also make investments. And they, they store wine for a great number of years, either to enjoy it later or to sell it. So this old wine business is, is, um, is really an important factor in discussing anything to do with wine. We never studied anything to do with wine growing up because we thought if, you know, we don't drink and we don't chew and we don't run with those who do. I think that was a chorus, wasn't it? Right after we are Christ's ambassadors. We don't drink and we don't chew. No, anyway, but to, to learn this makes you recognize that people who develop a, they invest themselves into um, what will become a Palios wine um, is something that we face a lot when we go other places or when we were here. And Jesus says it. Nobody, um, unless they're ready, unless they're committed, unless they're looking forward to what God has said with the garments and the, and the, and the, uh, the wineskins, there are those who, who will protest that and they'll say straightway that the old, the palios, the old ways, the, uh, are better. We don't discard the old ways. We build upon them. It's the foundation of, of going forward and anew. And so we've experienced this. And you have to recognize that it's not just uh, an anecdote that we're telling from our experience. The Lord tacks this verse onto the very end of this astounding treatise. So you've got to be prepared for that. And you've got to recognize that people do cherish the things that they've experienced and invested in. But it doesn't have to be one or the other. It doesn't have to be an old garment or Oh, or you don't have to rip up your old garment. You set it aside. You, you think, thank God for that. But you get that new garment on. And you don't toss away the things that other harvests have produced. But you better go full bore on, on partnering with the, the, the Lord of the vineyard to, to make that new wine with him. And... You know, there are some places, and we face this as I gather with groups of pastors around the world, there are some that are very precious individuals, but I can tell by talking to them, they have no interest in doing anything new. And they prefer straightway 
for the paleos. I bless them. I'm not saying God's judging them. I'm not saying God is, is um, going to do them in. But what I'm saying is that we need to live as long as we're alive, and we need to fulfill what God has for us. And there's going to be a new harvest. There's going to be a new, new wine coming in. And we cherish the things that we've learned, and we cherish the things that God has done. But we don't say, okay, we've got everything. We don't need anything new. We're just waiting for the rapture. That is a horrible stance. I understand how some people come up with that, but that is, you've basically drop-kicked what God still wants to do while you're living on this earth. And we, I don't want to stand before the throne and God's saying, you know what, you did this, you did this, you did this, but that last time, in the most crucial time of mankind, I tried to get you to move with me and you said, I like the old better. Again, I'm not saying that we jettison the things that we've treasured. I'm saying that we must set that over here and cherish that vintage, but press into the new. And I'm grateful that Jesus, of course, he's God. How, does he, how can we find fault with this? Put that last verse on there. Because um, when somebody rises and says, you know, I don't like this newfangled thing. You know, it's of the devil. We don't see it in Scripture. Blah, 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 blah. You need to recognize that Jesus said that would happen, didn't he? Even for good old Pentecostal folks that would never even touch a bottle of wine, Jesus used this analogy, and it's something that we face. And I'm going to tell you what God's going to be releasing upon this earth. He's already begun to release it. There are going to be so many folks that in this last hour are going to be rushing into the vineyards of the Lord, and I'm grateful for that. And my, my discussion today is not to malign anybody that is taking that stance of not wanting the new, but what I'm saying is that if they don't go forward in the Lord, they'll miss out. And We'll leave that up to them and the Lord. But for us, we, we want to partner with God. We want the new garment that he has ordained. We want to be faithful in our, in our terio to partner with him in producing what he wants out of that terio. And I'm very, very grateful to the Lord for this because... I, I thought, after, after having been away from here for a number of weeks, I'm so excited to be back to speak. Um, what in the world do you want me to preach on, Lord? You know, should I talk about overcoming the enemy? Should I talk about God's rest, restoring power? Should I talk about the handful of other really powerful things he was showing me in his scripture. And invariably, he kept directing me to this. And so I feel that it's not got anybody jumping up in the aisles, but it is really a, a statement about where you and I are in the eyes of the Lord and what he's going to do. Now, it's interesting, too, that 
in Matthew, right when this discussion is going on, you then come into a um, story about, I almost, I, I almost wanted to call this 12 years a slave, because you had a woman that was suffering with a, an, an effusion of blood for 12 years, and you had a rich man whose 12-year-old daughter was dying, and by the time they started off toward her house, she was dead. And I, I thought about how that, that is contextually a part of that story. Now, Luke does not talk about it. He, he goes on to the second Sabbath. But Matthew very clearly links these two. I love what the story of the woman with the issue of blood. Believe me, it's had a lot of rhema for me in these past number of weeks. But it says that she heard of Jesus, and she purposed in her mind that she would touch the hem of his garment, which indicated his intercessory calling and his identity, that kanaf, that, that fringe. And Jesus said her faith had made her whole. And she convinced herself to follow the Lord and to do what God was saying from the right hand of the Father. The hapto means to ignite with fire. To touch means to ignite with fire. The Bible says that her blood was stanched, good old-timey word, and that's from stau, which is part of the cross, stau histeme. That power before the cross came and said, I'm putting this stake here of faith, and that effusion of blood goes no further. This is now a new thing. Dunamis flowed out of Jesus. The dunamis of function. All of those things. She committed herself. She came. She touched. And she was ready to move. And God moved with her. And I believe that there are going to be people who are going to find resolution for a lot of things that have been troubling them for many, many years. Look forward to that. Claim it in your own life. But then there are going to be miraculous things beyond, beyond the miracles of what we just talked about. The raising of the dead, the restoring of a family to vitality. In the midst of mockers, Jesus said, she's not dead, she sleeps. And he passed by the paid minstrels and those who laughed him to scorn. He took the little girl by the hand and she rose up. I don't know how God's going to do this, but those things we should look forward to. And so... I encourage you to continue with the fast in your life. I encourage you to participate in the fastings that God is asking for us with our network family to pursue in this week. And I, I ask you to be ready for whatever God would require of you. Is He's already begun putting new mantles, new clothing on, on all of you. And he's, he's started to reap the harvest for the wine to be produced. Why did he use this with wine? You know, he could have talked about wheat. He could have talked about any other thing. Because, again, what I have observed, either through wine or American wine, which is Coca-Cola, is that people drink that to fellowship. Now, I know people can become winos. I know it's not bad for me to say that. That's not on the politically incorrect list, 
probably is. I'll get a letter from the Wino Society here this week. I'll try to cancel our vineyard. Um, but, you know, I watch people, and, and, and uh, you sit at the table, and you commune, and it's a measure of fellowship. And I've, I think that that's part of what this vintage, this new wine that we're going to be seeing in Arterio, it's going to be for welcoming those who are hungry, welcoming those who want to come into the fellowship, welcoming those. And if you think that we're producing new wine so that we have something to drink in the marriage supper of the Lamb, forget about it. Jesus is still the one who can turn water into wine. And it's better than anything that you can buy at uh, Goody Goody. So this new wine is for now. It's for welcoming people who want to come in and communing with them. Well, how could it be any other thing? Think about it. This is the Lord speaking. This is the Lord speaking. And so I think God's preparing us with new dimensions of promotion according to his choosing, and he's giving us the labors that will welcome people in who are desirous. And so I, again, encourage you to continue to pray and to continue to, to observe the fastings that God has placed before you because they are a necessary part of this equation. And it's interesting, if you look in Matthew, it's pretty much verbatim what Luke has recorded. And um, so I, I feel like that's a rarity, and it's something that God, in the mouth of two witnesses, wants us to really see. So I speak blessing over all of you, both in this house and in our network family. And I declare over you the good things that God has prepared for you. And in every one of these new expressions that we're going to be doing this week, in our, how is it? We've had 38, so is this 39 or is it 38? Was that clarified? 39. Thank you, my dear brother. We'll say that. Um, God is doing new things. You know, he's doing new things. And you've, you're being equipped to do new things. And those expressions of creative obedience are going to set the stage for a lot of new measures of ministry going forth from here in the days and years to come. Um, I, I appreciate that. But we need to get ready for this harvest and we've got to get new, new vessels. And we have, to, we have to be, our mindset has to be prepared and ready for that. So I speak blessing over you. And I thank you again for your willingness to stand. These have been uncommon times. But you really are an uncommon people. And I, I give thanks to the Lord for you, both here and in, in all the outposts of the saints. You know, yesterday uh, morning, I had the privilege of teaching the final installment of the first semester for the Brazilian pastors. We spoke about the, the Aman, the Amen. And it was invigorating to do that. And a, and a couple of hours later, 
connected with a number of the saints leaders in France and talked with them and heard their stories. And um, I'm so grateful to report that those two out of many international outposts are, are really standing firmly and they're really moving powerfully. And I'm, I'm grateful. Um, so, Heavenly Father, I thank you today, first of all, personally, for the privilege of being able to stand here. I have missed this, Father, but I know your timing is perfect. I speak over this week and all the responsibilities and the ministries that are going forward. I speak flawless measures of obedience, and I come against any kind of obstacle or any kind of difficulty that would arise to try to stop us from doing what you said. We speak specifically over the internet, our connection here, and we bind the enemy from causing any equipment failure or, or any kind of spectrum-wide, that's our provider, down drafts, and Lord, don't let them do any tests this week. Don't let them power down for a reboot. Don't let any of that happen. But Lord, let us be able to make these connections with people around the world. And bless in this house. The saints family here were not able to be here in March. Well, this is our time. Bless your people. Thank you for this privilege, Father. We love you. We give you glory. For we ask it all in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, thank you for tuning in today, and God bless all of you for being here. Um, we'll look forward to seeing you this week. And don't forget, you have uh, a meeting, those of you in Prophetic Presbytery in the youth room. And um, God bless.